From Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Zach May from the Duck Creek Solution Partner Team. And in today's episode, we're so thrilled to be joined by George Hosfield, Senior Director Home Insurance at LexisNexis Risk Solutions, who will share his perspective on the impact of data and analytics on homeowners insurance. In case you don't know LexisNexis, they harness the power of data and advanced analytics to provide insights that help insurers reduce risk and improve decisions to benefit people around the globe. George, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing doing quite well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for, for coming on here today. Thanks for having me. And yeah, George, welcome. Really excited again to have you as one of our esteemed guests to talk with us today about a topic that I know is really near and dear to your heart in the home insurance space. So uh, with that lead in, let's just dive right in. I'm going to start with a little bit of a broader question, but would love yeah. your your perspective on it. But what are some of the key trends that you are seeing in the home insurance space? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. I mean, you know, for decades, there's always been the, the concern about profitability and growth and so forth. And that's all still there. But the, the really emerging trend, probably the biggest buzzword you'll hear at any insurance conference you go to is really the customer experience. Uh, and that really is, I think, driving a lot of the priorities for uh, homeowners insurance right now. I mean, you can go back 10 years ago and, you know, auto insurance really became automated in, in a lot of ways and it became very, very fast to get a quote, very easy and streamlined. And even back then the thought was always, well, home insurance is going to be next. Now, now we're going to do the same with home insurance, but that really hasn't happened very quickly. But what's happened now is you see some startups, some new insurtech startups that are, have kind of entered the picture that are really driving a very quick, streamlined, easy customer experience for you know, the consumer. And it's, it's driving the urgency for the rest of the industry to really step up their game. So you definitely see that today. And I, I think you, know, you kind of even see the next chapter kind of starting to unfold where it goes from being just a fast process because... On the auto side, things tend to be a little simpler and a little more clear cut. The home side, there tends to be a little bit more ambiguity. So you're not just seeing uh, carriers go for a faster quote, although there's still a lot of work to be done there. They're also looking at how to have an automated yet guided user experience using kind of critical data about that consumer at the point of quote, so they can really customize and guide that consumer to the right types of coverage and, and products that are really going to suit their specific needs. Sure. And, you know, talking a lot about customer experience and some of that consumer specific data, one, one part of that, that I find really fascinating is just the overall internet of things or Mm -hmm. IOT topic. Yep. Um, Kind of really drilling into that just for a minute. What are some of the prominent use cases you might be seeing in the IOT data space around home insurance? Sure. Yeah. IoT is kind of an interesting space. Um, you know, I think a few years ago, a lot of us, including me, were, were very eager to see all this data and how we were going to be able to integrate it into the, the um, you know, pricing and, and underwriting of home insurance policies. And in a way, it, it has happened a little more slowly than I think we all had anticipated. We haven't really gotten to that level of use case. I still think if there's a day when IoT devices in everybody's homes are just 
everywhere, if they're ubiquitous, then you can really then um, start looking at all the data you bring in and have enough to really kind of drive some of these like pricing and underwriting decisions. What we're seeing today is still a very useful niche for this, this technology to help insurance companies. You do see some insurers that are using it to differentiate themselves from the market by providing this you know, proactively to their consumers, their customers to, to protect against the risk. Um, but in a lot of cases, the challenge has been, um, you know, making sure that the, the cost benefit analysis from the carrier, you know, if the carriers needs to buy you a water sensor, for example, are they going to get the benefit back from that? Uh, and so there's also the, um, the view of, well, maybe I can try to incent the consumer to get the devices themselves. Problem there is a lot of times the consumer doesn't want the same device that the insurance company wants them to have. The insurance company might want them to have the water sensor or the water shutoff device to prevent the big water losses, but the consumer might be more interested in their little uh, camera to talk to their dog when they're away from work. And that obviously doesn't really matter so much to the insurance company. So there's always been that little misalignment there. And hopefully the industry can some, at some point break through that, maybe by virtue of the fact that eventually newer homes should just generally have these devices in them. But in the meantime, yeah, it's very much a um, loss mitigation tool for certain carriers that are really trying to differentiate themselves from the rest of the market. And I guess with with any you know major new technology trends in a space like insurance, it, it, it certainly does take a little while before that really becomes the standard and the norm. That's that's absolutely right. And I think you can look at auto telematics as an example too. You know, um, it it is happening. Auto telematics really is happening in the insurance market to improve auto rates, but it has not happened in nearly the time frame that that everyone thought it was going to happen. You know, initially, so it really is a, a kind of something that's going to happen at its own pace, no matter how fast we want to try to push it along. Makes sense. So, so George, I know you you talked about the customer experience or, earlier on in how. Um, you know, insurers, they have this desire to reduce the number of questions uh, that they're asking consumers and that, you know, this trend, which started in, in the auto space has, has been slower to come on with home. I guess from a data quality standpoint, where would you say we are in terms of achieving minimal friction during the quote to bind experience? Yeah, well, I think from a, the data quality is always getting better, but I think that that's maybe a little bit of a, um, a, a red herring, you know, data quality. Because the fact is with homes, every home is different, just like every person is different, but every home is different. So when you start talking about having a lot of data about a home and trying to find one data source that's gonna provide you with the, you know, the single point of truth for everything, that just doesn't exist. And so from a data standpoint, in order to understand and the risk of the home and the individual that lives in that home and the location of that home, it's really all three categories. You really have to look at what data is available and how do you make that um, most useful. I think when you look at the data that's available, whether it be from you know, your old property tax assessor data records, which are great, but they're imperfect. You know, Look at imagery analytics, which is great, but imperfect. You look at um, information about the consumer, policy data, et cetera. No, nothing's perfect. But I think what, what data science is giving us now are the tools to take a lot of data, while it may all be somewhat imperfect, but to look at it in aggregate and 
to use that as a predictive, whether it's a predictive model or what have you, to really get to the answer that you're looking to get to, given the state of data that we have today. So I think the data is absolutely there. I think the now that the um, data science has really kind of come along with it, I think they really is the data is there to have a very, very seamless, very, very low question quote um, on the homeowner side. It will require uh, internal processes at insurance companies to change. Uh, but I think that's just the nature of moving forward. They're going to have to be some you know, changes to the manual steps or the certain questions that are maybe being asked that really don't have that much impact on the total you know, loss cost or, or what have you of, of the policy. I'd also just add on that the data being used more at pricing than perhaps in the past where it had been used at underwriting, that's also really helping to shift a lot of the knowledge upfront earlier in the process. So there's less bad risk to underwrite with these manual processes down, down the line. And those manual processes down the line are turning more automated as well through things like imagery analytics and you know, other kind of advanced analytics for the underwriting step. So, gotcha. Now it sounds like it's really bringing the actuarial and underwriting teams a little bit closer together to get that. Yeah, I think you know, so. Risk yeah. selection and pricing more, more you know, simultaneous. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good way to put it. Great. So, uh, changing gears slightly, but still keeping in the topic of recent trends. I know that uh, you, and by you, I do mean you, George, and your, your <laughs> colleagues at LexisNexis recently put out uh, your 2021 LexisNexis U.S. Home Trends Report, which uh, touched on a number of topics, a big emphasis on extreme weather, but also touched a little bit on some trends in non-cat risk and so forth. And so uh, don't want to steal all the thunder from, from uh, what was written in the report, but uh, could you give our listeners a couple of the key uh, takeaways that you would uh, you think are worth noting? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a report that um, I put together with a heavy assist from my analytics team who, who look at our, our kind of data that we have that we collect across the insurance industry um, about the, the claims and the loss costs that are happening you know, across different perils in the industry. Um, this year, you know, we always look at it the prior year. Um, we're looking at 2020. And the story of 2020, from a ma macro level, obviously, it's COVID. But from a homeowner's insurance level, uh, it's really about, mostly about wind, but also about fire. And, um, you know, I think the, the biggest increase for damage, loss cost from one year to the next this year was was wind, which uh, the loss cost went up by about 63%, um, you know, over the prior year. And uh, we also saw an increase in fire as well, year over year. Now, saying, saying one peril increased 63%, a little misleading because weather is inherently volatile. So over over the years, you'll see big zigs and zags in terms of how, how the loss costs are moving. But I think with many of these uh, risks that are weather related, whether they be uh, wind and hail or, or wildfire, we're seeing a consistent upward trend um, that goes, that's, that's very evident. And so those are key trends. Uh, I think that the insurers, our customers are, are looking at, and, and I think a lot of homeowners are looking at them as well, is things that are, are really maybe a little bit concerning not just in the near term, but also in the long term. The other thing I call out, because COVID was always a story, 
and COVID obviously doesn't affect the weather. It affects just about everything else in life, but, but the weather maybe. Um, but there are things that cause losses in your home that are not related to the weather. And in some cases, they actually became less of an issue in 2020 because people were at home. And I think the two key areas where we saw actually losses decrease um, year over year from a non-weather perspective would be theft, which for obvious reasons, if you're sitting around your house, it's a lot harder for somebody to break in and steal things. Um, but then the other would be water non-weather, which is was a, an interesting question and it didn't drop off the table or anything like that, but we did see a small decrease in the loss costs created from non-weather related water. And that non-weather related water is really because, hey, if, you're, if something overflows at home, if a pipe bursts and somebody's there to see it, they can stop it, they can mitigate that sooner. So we did see a little bit of a benefit from that as well. Definitely interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about the theft scenario where, uh, you know, you take a take a large chunk of the workforce, move everybody back home. They're not going in. Uh, you know, robbers are, are less likely to come yeah. in. It'll be interesting to see where, where things happen as we continue to return to the office and have more remote work and, and see, you know, is that going to is that deferential going to come all the way back up to where we were prior to COVID or, or somewhere yeah. in between? And, and yeah. It would be great to see if, if we saw an inverse with um, commercial property as well. Our, our, our data, we're looking at, at, at homeowners, but a lot of co commercial buildings were empty. So did they see an increase? Interesting question. One for us to work on. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, with, with that report, um, and, and I know you mentioned, uh, certainly it sounds like things, uh, frequency and severity will definitely uh, vary between perils and year over year. But of course, we've got that upper trend, um, that is continuing, uh, as a result of many, many factors and climate change and so forth. And so I guess, uh, I'm curious from your perspective, as home values continue to rise, we have more of these extreme weather events happening you know, more often being more severe, how can insure, how can home insurers use data and analytics to improve their underwriting, risk selection, portfolio management, and, and even seeded yeah. insurance decisions? Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the key things when you're talking about climate risk, you think about the one thing that really protects your home from the weather. The most important thing is the roof. And that is obviously something that has plagued the uh, insurance industry for a long time is really understanding for a given house, what is the quality and safety and, and you know, loss propensity basically of that roof. And so some of the developments and, and advancements in data science and in uh, imagery analytics, for example, specifically, are really helping to get to that question. And so we can look easily from the, uh, the, the aerial photos that are taken and then you apply machine learning and, and analytics on top of that to extract out characteristics of that roof to understand how well that roof is and how resilient it will be in, in the face of upcoming weather. Um, that does a lot to help you understand that roof. It does still leave gaps uh, both from a timing standpoint, you know, they're not instant, they're not you know, yesterday's photos necessarily from a granularity perspective, because there's always a limitation in how detailed you can get in that, that picture and see really small things on the roof that don't always show up. 
but when what we found is that by combining that with other data like you know the weather what weather hit this area um, the claims information both from automobiles and homes think about it this way you see a pattern of hail claims or comprehensive auto claims driven by hail in an area around a home, then it's a pretty good chance that damaging hail also hit that home and the consumer just hasn't noticed yet because they notice that the car because it's sitting in their driveway but not necessarily climbing up on the roof. So by combining this type of data together, um, that's been a real good tool for insurance companies to begin to get on top of the roof issue, no pun intended, um, get on top of that roof issue so that they can actually better predict and project and price for and underwrite against buildings that are going to be more susceptible to these changing climate conditions. And George, that's great. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to kind of ask about was this, this, this topic of, of roof condition and how that affects and impacts, um, you know, avoiding future losses. Yeah. Um, as I think we all know, that's a, that's a, one of the primary factors that insurers look at, um, but but do want to hone in on just one follow up there. Sure. Um, with with these innovations in roof analytics and aerial imagery, um, all using artificial intelligence and machine learning to to combine themselves to 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 pump out the best um, predictions that carriers can help make. What role do these innovations play in actually impacting some of that human human intervention for quoting and underwriting? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of all goes back to um, what the process we have today, right? So the process that we have today is largely going to require a agent or somebody at the insurance company to ask you as the consumer about your roof. You as an average consumer, maybe not you, Zach, you seem like you're a pretty sharp guy and up on your insurance, but the average consumer may not know anything about their roof. One of the key questions is often asked is how old is your roof? Many people don't know because they didn't build the house. Um, they didn't necessarily live in it from its inception. Uh, and so it's often they either don't know the answer or they have a faulty memory on how old their roof really was. And I say faulty with a little bit of a wink because some savvy consumers just say five years when they know it could be, you know, 15. <laughs> um, so that's, it's, it's kind of garbage in, garbage out. So you have to ask the question, you get suspect information coming back, and then you use that as a basis from which to, to estimate a lot about that property. Um, because now there, there's more data available, and that data can be really targeted towards actual future losses, the insurer no longer has to have that conversation. They can take the data that they've got just an example of cutting one more question out of the, the upfront process, but it also then allows on the back end when there might be an in-person inspection, when one of the main things they're looking at in an on the ground in-person inspection is gonna be, you know, what's the condition of that roof? It then takes out that, that step potentially as well, at least in many cases, you know, you still probably wanna go out and take a look at some percentage of the homes, but that, that really helps to streamline the whole process, just not only from a time standpoint, but also just from a manual standpoint from the carrier side. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I think, um, you know, all this streamlining and automation that has is, is starting to come into play, um, I, I think safely uh, assumes that to a point you made at the very beginning of this conversation, 
all helps better the customer experience for that yes. for that policyholder in the end. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. So George, you know, I think great, great conversation. Um, again, thanks for joining us today. A lot of fascinating insight into this, into this space. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we conclude today? No, it's been a nice conversation. Thanks guys for reaching out. Hope you guys do well. Thank you, George. And thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to highlight that at Duck Creek, we currently have 10 integrations with LexisNexis Risk Solutions. These integrations enable insurers to pre-fill consumer information at point of quote or claim, including insurance loss history, credit scores, driver history, and much more into Duck Creek policy and claims, allowing you to make smarter and faster decisions. To learn more about our integrations with LexisNexis Risk Solutions, go to duckcreek.com slash partner slash LexisNexis hyphen risk hyphen solutions. Also, if today's episode with LexisNexis triggered any ideas for future integrations in the homeowner space that you'd like to see built with Duck Creek, feel free to drop us a note by emailing solution.partner at duckcreek.com. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and subscribe to Conversations on the Creek on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and duckcreek.com. We'll see you later.